0: Talking with girlfriends is our therapy, our entertainment, and our education. Join me, Madden Chate Jones, and my good girlfriend, Tenille Daniels, for an hour of healing through hospitality as we welcome friends from across the lifestyle and wellness spaces to join us for some good, healthy girl talk. Pull up a seat, get comfortable, and make yourself at home. You are now listening to Love Madden, the podcast. Hey, girl, hey. Hey, girl, hey, how are you? I am good. You are live and direct from ATL, Shoddy. ATL, shawty. I'll say (laughs) that
1: to my friends. I was like, ATL, ho, Diddy's here. (laughs) (laughs) Ma'am,
0: I didn't expect that. (laughs) I know. It's something about this Atlanta. Yeah, bring it out. (laughs) It bring it and out. Bring it, it sure it does. Yeah. Um, how was your travel? I know you're double vaccinated, so that was probably a little bit of a relief. Yeah, but you know, it takes two full weeks, so I'm not fully vaccinated. Yeah. But um, right.
1: I am glad that I had some shots in me because when I came out off of that plane into the Atlanta airport, honey, no mess. people they were just, just out here living Gosh. their living their best life. So I had my mask, my face shield. So I wasn't playing
0: with them. Yeah. But what are you loving this week? Yeah, I am loving the Netflix documentary, Biggie. I got a story to tell. Because it had all this like never before seen footage. Like these guys were so ahead of their time. They was walking around with camcorders, recording stuff like how we do on our phones now. Um, So just to get the perspective on like his upbringing and I've heard like Miss Valletta speak before, but like his family, his friends, um, it was good. You were able to really see like him as a, I want a man. He was so young. He was so young, but to be able to see him and all his transitions in his, his young life, for those that don't know, I am, I stand for Biggie. Um, like, in middle school when I was sort of, like, coming of age, I just, like, he, I connected with my inner thug. So, I just, I love Mm -hmm. him. Um, (laughs) Also, (laughs) his lyrical prowess, like, you know, there's none like him. So, anyhow, that's a whole nother episode. How about you? What are you loving this week?
1: Well, first, let me say that um, I started watching the documentary last night, and I agree with you. It was so good. Mm -hmm. The thing that I just was really mad about was Miss Valletta's wigs. Like, them wigs, were a hot
0: mess I know I didn't want that
1: for her mess. I'm like Miss Valletta. did you just wake up and plop the wig on top of your head and then showed up for this documentary I, like I just didn't get
0: it I know and sometimes when you do have like a daughter or somebody as you get older to help keep you you know from being disheveled it is it's helpful but Miss Valletta's out here mm-hmm. doing her best You know. On her own. So yeah. But well she has grandkids. Agree. So anyway. Now you know how these grandkids are. <laughs> they're not the type of grandkids we were. They <laughs>
1: they're not coming in to see my grandma, grandma up before the
0: documentary.
1: child But let's let's I'll stay on top. in the world. What like I'm loving that, this week. Yeah. Okay. yeah. What I'm loving this week is actually um, this song called Even Now by William McDowell and Tasha Cobbs. It is an amazing praise and worship song. Mm-hmm. I was on the plane last night just listening to it and it got me all like choked up. So that is my favorite thing of this week. Even Now, go check it out.
0: Mm-hmm. You were crying on the plane. I bet you were.
1: Girl, yes. You know I was crying on the plane. But the good thing is <laughs> I had, it was dark. I had my mask on and my face <laughs> shield. So I couldn't even like wipe my tears because I didn't want to touch my face. It was a mess. But I made right. it do what it did. Right. But that thing ministered to my soul, so...
0: Tasha Cobb Leonard, sis will take you there. She could be singing happy birthday to you, and the Holy Spirit will enter the space. So she takes me Girl. there. She has one of those really rich voices.
1: Yes, you need that in
0: your life. I want to talk a little bit about our cable talk topic for the day. And I think there's a slight delay, T. Sorry to talk over you. Um, so today's episode, we are, uh, we always say we're super thrilled, we're super excited, but like the topics that we are digging into are always so relevant um, and on time. Uh, so this whole month, you all know we're doing a series on community um, and relationships and relating to others. And so the topic that we're discussing today is about sharing our story um, and really walking in our truth um, and sharing our truth. And so um, without further ado, I want to welcome you to season three, episode seven, living authentically with a very special guest who has really made a a name for herself in this field. So Tanil's going to introduce us to our guest today.
1: Yes. So I am excited to welcome to the table Erica Williams-Simon. Erica is an award-winning writer, host, educator, and entrepreneur. She is also the CEO of Sage House, a content experience and consulting company that elevates countercultural wisdom for life and work. Simon's work incorporates elements of her multi-industry career at the highest levels of media, social impact, tech, and religion to develop innovative, transformative programming for people and brands looking to change the world. Her first book, You Deserve the Truth, was published by Simon & Schuster in May 2019 and put the power of story back into the hands of people, exploring how to engage with the dominant cultural narrative of our time to build an authentic life worth living. A committed civil and human rights advocate, and preacher's daughter for life this highly acclaimed influencer for good recently relocated with her husband from sunny los angeles back to the east coast welcome (laughs) to the show our friend erica williams simon welcome welcome
0: Welcome.
1: Thank y'all for having me. I'm so happy to
2: be here.
0: We are so happy to have you. And as we're talking about the book, um, I have a couple copies of the book in my hand. And so when this episode airs this week, I will be doing a giveaway mm-hmm. um, on, on social media so that you all, y'all know if, if anybody come on this show and they selling something, I'm buying it. So <laughs> we're going <laughs> to gonna, gonna give away some copies of this this good old book right here, mm-hmm. um, so Erica, let's dive into this conversation. Um, so, as our listeners know, we we kind of like to peel back the layer. so we start with you know a little bit more of a the the orange peel or the rind, right? Then we get into the meat and then we get all the way to the core by the end. So we're going to start you off a little mm-hmm. light. so if you had to describe yourself not just what you do, which we heard about, but who you are um, in a few sentences, what would you say?
2: I love that question. I would probably describe myself in two ways. And so one is I always start by saying I'm Tom and Debbie's daughter, hmm. um, because if you, if you know my parents or know anything about them, you know a lot about me. Um, they were pastors. And so um, most of what I do is grounded in faith. Um, they're both public speakers. And so a lot of what I do involves me using my voice. Um, I'm an introvert, (laughs) like some, like a part (laughs) of my parents. Um, but, but I just find that that that's a helpful way to kind of connect me to where I come from and also, um, just understand so much about why family is deeply important to me. If you know me, you know, family is my anchor and my foundation. So that's the first way I describe myself um, as Tom and Debbie's daughter. And the second way... Um, is that I really am or at least try very hard to be a vessel and a living sacrifice. And I use those Mm -hmm. terms intentionally because if you had asked me this question 10 years ago, even five years ago, I probably would have responded with a lot of personality traits or a lot of talents or skills or things that I do in the world. Um, but I'm old enough now to recognize and I've come to a, a point in my journey where all I want to do and all I want to be is whatever it is that God wants me to do and be that's it. Come on now that could change next month that could and i'm and I'm changing with it right like that's my goal is that when you see me I don't want you to see me or my talents or my skills. I want you to see a reflection of god's love and i and i I don't say that to sound hyper religious it's truly where I am in my life that yeah. I've learned that nothing else matters and nothing else really works unless you have that, that focus. So that's how I describe myself now.
0: Erica came in with the gems early. We try to like note for people like there's a nugget, there's a gem, write that one down. They usually are not in the introduction. So (laughs) this was not playing with us. I'm right. I'm, Taking notes, my dad will sell a vessel and a living sacrifice. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: That's it. That's it. Yeah, that is so good. And, you know, I just love how you talk about being a reflection of God. I think we all need to get to that place where it's less about us and more about God, especially I think in this like social media hype, hypersensitive world, everybody's focusing on, you know, what are other people thinking about what it is I'm doing. And at the end of the day, it's really all about. How does God feel about how I'm showing up for him and showing his love out in the world? So I really love that. So the Love Madden brand is centered all around healing through hospitality. We want to know, what does that mean to you? How do you believe we grow as individuals through how we relate to others?
2: I love the phrase healing through hospitality um, Mm. because first of all, it's something that I'm still learning every day. It's, it's a lesson that I'm constantly trying to remind myself. And I think it's it's twofold, right? So on, on one hand, it means that when you open up your heart, your home, yourself to other people, you create space for that relationship to heal you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think on a deeper level, there's there's like a spiritual law at play there that when you, when you open up yourself and your heart and your space and what you have to others, it also signals to God that you're open for him to come in and heal you. And so there's this, there's this, um, if you, there's all these stories in the Bible. I've been reading second Kings recently. And, and the story, this woman, the Shunammite woman, she opens up her home for the prophet to come stay with her when he's traveling through town. And he opens up, she opens up her home and she's like, anytime you come here, You've got a room, you've got a bed, you've got food, whatever you need. Um, and when he left, he then turned to her and was like, you know what? For your hospitality, what miracle do you need in your life? And, and that, that mm. jumped out at me so much because we, we often think that hospital, hospitality is the same thing as giving. And I'm saying this especially for my introverts because I'm an introvert, right? So I was the kind of person that I'll give you anything you need, but you got to give me my space. Right. Like that's my personality. It's like no if you need someplace to stay, and this is just very real, I would I'll put you up at a hotel. I'll give you Airbnb. I'll give you all my money. But but we may not have you stay here. <laughs> right? I'm just keeping it real. <laughs> because I miss generosity for hospitality. But the w- reason I love the, the phrase healing through hospitality is that God is actually saying, no, it's not just about giving. It's about the opening. Mm. It's about the inviting Mm. people in. And there's something special and magical that happens when you do that. So it's a lesson I'm constantly learning.
0: She said she was a daughter of preachers, but we need to go ahead and update the bio to say that she is a preacher, okay? Because that was just a a sermonette.
2: (laughs) It came from your your words, your
0: words. (laughs) That was good. That was good. Okay, so now we want to dive a little bit more into the topic. Um, And I would love if you could... also share, you know, some thoughts from your writing, from your, from your, from your book, um, as we introduce our audience to this book as well, because I think it'll be a really valuable resource for, um, for our listeners. So the first question um, is a, a little bit softer. So we know what you do, you know, that's your occupation. Um, if you had to explain it though, explain your work to. Um, a fifth grader or a fourth grader, your work as an author, an activist, an influencer, in just a few words, how would you describe that to a child?
2: You know, I wouldn't even start with the what I do. Uh, I would start with with the mission and the why, because I actually think that's more more descriptive of of how I work and how a lot of people work. Right? We're not mm-hmm. limited to a particular task, but it's more about what what is the goal that we're trying to accomplish in the world. So I would say. Um, I share wisdom and really important lessons that help people find meaning and make a big impact in the world. Um, nice. And then if I needed to get a little more specific like if I needed you know to hire that, that kindergartner <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Okay but how do you spend your Monday through Friday right? <laughs> and I would say so then the how I do that is I do it through um, teaching, I do it through, um, advising, and I do it through telling stories and making content. Those are kind of all the ways um, that I do it. And the the pillars of that wisdom are all about story, about mission-driven work, and about how faith shows up in a modern world. Those are the three big ideas that really, really drive me every day.
0: Can you repeat those three again? Mm-hmm. The
2: power of story is one.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
2: Mission and purpose-driven work is the second. And then the third is faith and faith and religion in a modern world. Um, nice. Because if, it, in the beginning when Seneal you know, was reading the bio and it was like, oh, my company child is all about countercultural wisdom. Those are three areas where I think we've been fed a lot of stories that are really in need of some countercultural mm. wisdom, right? How does faith fit into our mm. world? How do we decide what work is important and how we value our work? Um, and what stories do we believe and what stories do we tell. My my mission and passion is to come and disrupt all of those ideas and, and offer some other ways of thinking about them.
1: Man, let me tell y'all, I am so mad that I have this janky Wi-Fi today because I love me a good ad lib and the fact that there is a delay, I cannot get in on all this goodness that Erica is bringing. Y'all know I am good for peanut gallery.
0: Ugh. You already know.
2: Yes. Your I, I live I feel your in my spirit
1: thank you <laughs> goodness gracious but anyway you've told us how you are you know the daughters of or the daughter of a, of two preachers um and so we want to just know tell us a little bit about your own personal story and your upbringing and how it it has impacted you and how you show up in the world today
2: yeah so um my parents started our church. Uh, literally in our our home when I was nine months old. So I always joke when people say they grew up in church. I'm like, nah, I really, really did. (laughs) Um, And so some people hear that and think, oh, that means you're really, really religious. And yes, I actually still am. But what I really took from that upbringing um, was this couple things. One was like the power of, of voice. Like I used to literally watch my parents stand up on Sundays and use their voice to help people change their lives. Um, And so that was always kind of a really important characteristic of any work that I wanted to do in the world. I knew that I wanted my voice to to somehow help people change themselves, their lives in the world. So I got that from my upbringing. And also there was something so special about the space that was created on Sundays that I think subconsciously I've been trying to recreate everywhere I go. Mm. That that there are spaces um, that are sacred where it doesn't matter what your title is. It doesn't matter how the world sees you. It doesn't matter how much money you have. But like when we come in this space, there's some things that are bigger and more important than all of that. And so um, yes. that drives a lot of the work that I do, too, is always trying to create spaces, whether it's in corporations or out in the world, wherever it is. Like I don't it doesn't matter how much money you make or your title or what society says about your race or your gender or any of that stuff. We are all ultimately souls and hearts that are trying to leave a mark on the world. Um, and so I took that from my upbringing, um, in the church. And then from there went, started off my career actually in social impact world. So I worked in politics. Um, and there was some great stuff about that. I have amazing stories. I got to go to the white house during the Obama years. Everything was lit in a deal.
0: Yes, right. Like, yes. I had
2: such a good time. Um, and, you know, and so social impact was an important part of how I saw myself in the world. Like, okay, I'm going to use my voice to help, um, you know, people in communities that I care about. But I did hit a point, as I think a lot of us do in, the, in our first careers or our first kind of um, uh, portion of our lives out of the gate is like we get and we go and we do and we do and we do because we've got these goals about making money or making impact, whatever the goals may be for you, right? Mm-hmm. And we get to a certain point when we realize but wait a minute, this, this doesn't quite fit me. What I'm doing, it feels like an outfit that's a little too tight and I can't move the way I want to mm. move in it. And that's how, mm. that's how my career felt. Like it wasn't bad. It just, I felt like I couldn't move the way I wanted to move and it didn't feel like it fit. Um, and so the book actually starts from that point in my life when I was trying to figure out, so what really, what do I do next? What do I want to do and who do I want to be? Um, and the work that I do now emerged from that period of, of kind of reflection and transition of saying that just this, because this is who I was, or just because I had built an identity around being this political figure or whatever it was, it's not who I had to be in the next chapter of my life. And so I picked up, left, left PG County, moved to L.A., um, and, and went about the business of trying to be that vessel of like, God. Ah, what do you want me to do? And, and the book covers that journey and some of the lessons that I think we can all take from um, the experience of transformation.
0: That's good. And I think that's um, really going to hit the nail on the head for a lot of people because I think a lot of us, regardless of your age, it happens for some in your 20s, some in your 40s, some later, yep. um, get to that point where it's kind of like, it's it's fine, it's good, but I can't move like I want to move. So we have that kind of that moment of awakening. So um, hearing your story and you sharing that with us, I think will be valuable to a lot of people. Uh, okay, I'm going to dive into another question here. So you've worked for some pretty notable companies from Upworthy to Snapchat, where I know you... Um, you know, led and created, you know, some new divisions and departments there. Mm-hmm. And you've earned many awards and accolades along the way. I was gonna list them in the bio, but it would have taken up the whole <laughs> podcast, okay? Cause sis has been awarded for everybody from Oprah to all oh, you any kind of list you can name. She's been on it, right? So we're gonna definitely give her 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 kudos and her roses. Um but what would you say, even amongst all of these things that you've accomplished, what would you say is the greatest personal lesson that you've learned from your professional journey as it relates to living authentically. And I think you just started to dive into that a little bit, but what's your, what's your greatest lesson learned?
2: Yeah. Um, it's, it's usually whack when people quote themselves, but I'm going to quote mm-hmm. myself just because Do
0: sis, <laughs> it is, yourself. It's the, lesson that, the
2: lesson that I learned, I said a couple years ago, I said the best career advice I can give is to never attach yourself to the person, the place, the company, the organization, the project, Always attach yourself to a mission, a calling, or a purpose only, and that's how you keep your power and your peace. Yes. I learned that by going into places and spaces where I did attach my identity to the name or the brand or the position or the role or the project, whatever it was um, that I thought meant it mattered or that I thought made it important. And then you learn along the way that, like, first of all, Let's let's keep it all the way real. These institutions don't love you. They don't. Mm. And they're not meant to. They're not designed to. They're not. Um, these institutions are not created to help you realize and find your true self. Right? <laughs> they are there for for another purpose. And so, you have to be clear when going in this space is what your purpose is. And this organization or this company or this project, if it can help you on that journey, then great. We have a mutual. You know, we have a mutual, a shared interest here. You have a goal, and I have a goal. Um, but, but if it doesn't, I I don't have to answer to you at the end of the day. I have to answer to myself, and I have to answer to God. So I'm on I'm on a mission to try to figure out what is it that I really need to be attached to. What's my purpose? Mm. Um, and that's that's the lesson I would give myself if I could go back and talk to 22, 23 year old Erica. And I say it to young women all the time when they're entering the workforce and getting excited about all these goals and excited about all these titles and, and having these like really focused um, missions that have to do with outside things. That's mm-hmm. not going to serve you, right? You're, that's not going to serve you. Your job title is not going to be holding you in the middle of the night when your heart is broken, your job title ain't going to do any of that. Um, so you have to invest in the mission and the, the, the purpose, the calling that you feel like you have on your life. And to the extent that your job can help you do that, that's, that's amazing.
0: That's great. I have seen that tweet turned into a meme and posted all <laughs> on my Instagram. I'm like, oh, I know her. Okay,
2: everywhere.
0: <laughs> that one hits hard.
2: It, it hits hard with people because we've all that been
0: one hits there. home. We have all been yep. there. <laughs> yes, for sure.
1: Yeah, I again. I'm not going to talk about this Wi-Fi no more. But I think God really just wants me to listen today <laughs> instead of adding my little two cents <laughs> okay. here and there because this. I need this word. So I think this is God's way of shutting me on up so I can soak it all up. Soak it up. All right. So the next question is what do you want women to know about authentic authenticity, alignment, and purpose? We get so many questions about how do I discover my purpose and you know, how do I go about following my dreams all of the time? So give our listeners just one or two key nuggets that might help them out. Um, in that space, and moving towards finding their purpose or following their dreams,
2: yeah, when you said you get a lot of questions, I, I think we all do because it's the question that everybody's asking for. It is literally the focus of my next book because I'm like, we gotta we gotta talk about this stuff, right? Um, but I think the two pieces of advice I would give is first of all, it ties back to what I just said. So I, I don't recommend people follow dreams. Don't follow dreams because dreams could that your dreams could take you someplace, you don't belong. So, um, follow your mission, follow your calling, follow your purpose, right? Um, instead of dream. So that's one piece. But then when we talk about all this, these words, purpose and authenticity and being true yourself, you have to take the time to learn who you are. We, we go into these spaces and we, we you know, demand authenticity and we want all of this. And it's like, do you, authenticity means, right? That, that you That you are representative of the original, that there's something true there. And so you have to actually take the time to learn yourself. Learn who you are, learn, um, you know, who God called you to be, who God made you to be. So, what does that look like? Sometimes that means spending time with yourself, sometimes that means spending time in prayer, sometimes that means spending time in community with people who know you and love you and want what's best for you. Sometimes that means logging off of Instagram because I'm gonna tell you right now, Instagram will not tell you who you are, it will tell you who everybody else is pretending to be and then trying to make you be that, wow, right? Um, wow. So so that's the best piece of advice I could give people is like invest that time in learning yourself, because then it's so much easier to go out into the world and know when when your authenticity is being challenged. Right. Um, There's this the the other questions. The first question people ask me all the time is like, what's purpose and what do I attach myself to? The Mm -hmm. second question they ask me a lot because the book starts with me quitting my job. And I am notorious for I will leave a situation if it doesn't work. Like I will I will leave. No hard feelings, no drama. But we don't we don't all have we don't have to do this. (laughs) You know what I mean? So so a lot of times people ask me is you know how do I know when I should quit or how do I know if I should walk away from from a a a work environment? And the lesson I've, I've finally been able to articulate is and this has to do with authenticity if you're in an environment that makes it hard for you to see yourself the way God sees you, then it's time to go. Um, It's not about if other Mm. people see you that way because everybody won't. And if you need everybody to validate you all the time, there's a problem, right? But if you're in an environment that Mm. makes it hard for you to see yourself that way, then you can't be who you are, right? If you're going home every day questioning yourself and doubting yourself and not feeling good about yourself and starting to see yourself the way other people see you then there is absolutely no way you can be authentic you can't show up in the world the way you're supposed to so that's Mm -hmm. that's my answer to that question too is like when do I know if an environment is is incompatible with my authentic self and it's about your vision you can't see yourself as who you are anymore it's time to go
0: That's good. Yeah. Another one of our girlfriends who will be on later this season says when there's no more grace there for you. That's how she put it. Like when there's no more grace there, if you can't extend that grace to yourself anymore in that space then it's time to move. Oh, that's Um, good. That's good. Yeah. So we always talk about practices here, right? Actions and practices. Like it's not just something that we do one time. So, you know, showing up authentically is a practice. Um, Self-love is a practice. A lot of the things that we've unpacked on this podcast are practices. So if there's one, in addition to the advice, if there is one actionable thing that we can do, like we can just start today to start us on our journey toward, um, uh, living authentically right now, what would that thing be? Good
2: question, and I love that you use the term practice because it is—it's an ongoing journey. And when you mm-hmm. when you stop the practice, you—it's it, very easy for you to revert back to being again what the world tells you you should be. Um, mm-hmm. So I love to do affirmations, handwritten affirmations. I think mm-hmm. you know, when we're kids, we you know we, we learn by memorization. There's something, you know, I, I'm not a, I'm not a chemist, I'm not a, you know, a, a psychologist, but I do know that there's been research that shows that there is something powerful in repetition, that it actually changes the way your brain processes information. And so I believe in um, handwriting out who I am, what I believe, what I know to be true as mm-hmm. many times as I possibly can. So I actually have a notebook. I, I used to, I don't do it as much anymore, but I used to actually post pictures of some of the affirmations on Instagram. But I will just pick a different affirmation. Sometimes it's a scripture. Sometimes it's just a phrase. Um, but I will handwrite it over and over and over and over again. As many times as I have to, I'll fill up a page. I'll fill up a couple pages with it. Um, just to get that muscle memory. of uh, You're going out every day into a world that is screaming lies at you. It is screaming lies. And so you have to be just as loud about the truth for your own self mm. and for others. Um, so that's, that's one practice. The second thing that I would encourage folks to do is um, find a person, a person that you can that can be your accountability partner. And again, as an introvert, I used to hate when people said that. I was like, "Well, God, can I just do it by myself? Like you and me over here, quiet." <laughs> um, but I learned, like you, this this journey of authenticity and this journey of showing up in the world as you are supposed to show up in the world. It can't be one that you travel alone we are meant to see ourselves through other people as well. So whether that's a best friend, whether that's your partner, your spouse, whether that's your sibling, um, whoever it is, but I encourage folks to find a person and also practice relationship in order to, to have that support.
0: Yeah. And there's that healing through hospitality again. There's that opening up. There's that invitation to do things in community. We talked about this before, but that root word for hospitality, hospital. You know, when we think about Mm. healing, right, we see the connection there. So um, I'm glad that you mentioned that doing life with someone else. Um, And like I said, I have a couple copies of the book. I'm going to give those away. So be sure to be tuned in because I think that'll help give us even more um, practical uh, sort of actionable steps that we can take and we can learn from, from Erica's journey. Um, so with that being said, we're going to dive a little bit deeper now. Okay, we're going to get to the get to the meat of who you are okay. um, and and hear from you. So, Tanil, you want to take us into our first deep dive question? Sure. So
1: our first deep dive question is what's the biggest surprise you've had in the last few months?
2: So the biggest surprise has been, um, I think you mentioned at the beginning, Snail, that I just relocated. My husband and I just left Los Angeles after almost seven years um, to North Carolina, um, which we felt ready. It was time to go. We did not expect to be in North Carolina. We, we thought we were going to go to Hotlanta um, <laughs> because that's where all the cool kids are, right? Yes. Like, okay, that, that feels like a, a transition we can make. And then one day we were truly sitting together. We were watching a sermon and God was like, now you're going to North Carolina. We were like, what? Why? We don't have family here. We don't know, but we moved. Um, And the best surprise that I've had over the past couple of months is just how right this move was for us. It just, it just, it showed you that when, when it's time for you to go somewhere, you better go. Even if Mm. you can't put all the pieces together or figure out why it makes sense. If it's right, if it's right, it's right, and so I've been surprised by how beautiful um, North Carolina is. We're in the Raleigh Durham Triangle area, um, and it's just been it's been great, and it's just another opportunity to see like l- being obedient yields results.
0: Yeah, yeah, North Carolina is beautiful. I've had some good experiences there. I know sometimes the South gets a bad rap, but yeah, um, yeah I've I've been shown a lot of love from from some friends in North Carolina and spent time there and. Yes, it's great. So I'm glad that you're experiencing that. Um, what is something that you are excited about right now? What is something that you are looking forward to with, as I say, hopeful expectation?
2: I love that. Well, first of all, this pandemic being over. Yes, God. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to that. Um I'm looking forward to to my next book and I and I'm not saying that to plug it. I'm saying that because my first book journey, I was like to tell people this cuz you always see the flash like oh she went on tour and target had the book. Um it was hard for me. I didn't, you know, I, my first time working with a major publisher and we would mm-hmm. battle over I didn't like the title, I didn't like the cu- all this stuff and so I'm actually really looking forward to going into a second book process, um, just more knowledgeable and my way and with a really clear vision for the outcome in the audience. So, um, And that's happening later this year, so I'm very, very excited about that.
0: I love that. So we're speaking bestseller over Erica. Lovey was on a few weeks ago, and we spoke bestseller over Lovey, and Sis was number three on the New York Times list. So we're going to speak that same energy, okay?
2: I receive it, (laughs) honey. I receive it. Thank you.
0: Yes.
1: All right, so our next question is, and this is always a little bit of a stumper for um, our guests, but what's a failure or setback that you're proud of?
2: Yep, so that's a stumper. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can.
2: Th- let's be clear, I can think of failures. I'm trying mm-hmm. to think of one that I'm, I'm particularly proud of. Um, okay, I'll give a recent one. I'll give a recent mm-hmm. one. Um, I don't even know if it's a failure, but it's more of a setback. So mm-hmm. um, I was pitching a show someone. It was a a show I'm working on and I was pitching it to a potential partner um, to produce the show. And, um, it felt like everything was going well. They liked me. I liked them. The vibe was good. We had general alignment on what the, the concept of the show was. Um, and then it just, it just didn't work out. I, I don't know why, they came back. And that's that's how things are in media and, and entertainment and really the work world in general. Sometimes it's just not a fit, not mm-hmm. the right timing. But I was a little blown just to be honest because I thought it was like, oh, this is it. And it wasn't. Um, and then the, the the people that I had talked to, they hit me back via email. And they said, you know, for budget reasons, we actually aren't even moving forward on any project, but we want you to know that one of the answers to your questions To our questions really impressed us, and it was when we asked you, "Why do you need us?" They said, "Like us being this major network, why do you need us?" And my answer to that question was, "I don't. I would like to work with you, um, but the show is going to happen." America, let me tell you something. The reason I'm saying that I'm proud is because again, that's not something I would have said five years ago. Right? Five years ago, I still believed that I needed external validation, external support, whatever, but I, I'm so proud that I'm at the point in my life where I can recognize I don't need anything other than what God gives me. If this, if this, if this doesn't work out, I don't need you to execute on what this task or this mission is. Um, and so I was so proud that I said it and I was proud that they recognized it. And, and, and you know, even if it didn't work mm. out, it didn't work out, but I, I felt good about how I showed up in that moment.
0: That right there, that is next level. We talk about lessons learned, maturity, wisdom, and some of the stuff that God will just download into our spirit how we show up, you know, after our lived experiences and how we're able to face something in a totally different way. Yes. That's major. Yeah. Um Okay, so last question that we have for you. What is something that you stand in need of right now? What is something that you either look forward to making happen for yourself or how your community can support and rally around you? What do you need?
2: I love that question. Um, You know, I think I I am actually looking right now for, and maybe it's something I I build myself, maybe it's something that someone just drops in my lap, but I'm I'm really looking for um, intentional spiritual community and I don't mean church because I have church, right? And I think mm-hmm. this is one of the, the problems with our culture that I'm always talking about is that we somehow put all the responsibility for our spiritual formation on a church. No one church can do that. They are not meant to be all things to all people. So I have great church. I have a church in LA. I have my mother's church, love church. But I'm talking about mm-hmm. other spiritual community, right? Where you have um, women coming together and praying for one another who have shared political not political sorry shared professional goals or shared life experiences Mm -hmm. so I'm looking for that in a way that I haven't yet found it and and maybe you know like I said maybe I'll start something but um yeah if you're listening and you are a woman of faith who you know is driven talk to me hit me in my dms let's be friends because I'm looking to expand um that that community and that circle in my life for sure
0: I love that. I love that so much. And that's a big part of, that was a big part of the impetus sort of around starting Love Madden and the idea of, you know, gathering with friends with shared life experiences, getting around the table, you know, breaking bread and sipping wine and, you know, redefining what communion, you know, looks like, communing with one another and connecting with God in our homes. When we think about the early churches, they were, you know, in people's homes. We think about the Last Supper, it was around the dinner table. This is where we connect with God and one another. So um, I know it's different in this virtual space we're living in, but we can can pivot just like we've been doing with everything else. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. No, until things get better. So, finally, if you could let our listeners know how and where they can find you and connect with you and connect with your work. So she already said slide in her DM. So what's what's your handle? Where can we find you?
2: (laughs) On all social platforms, I'm Miss M I S S E Will, Um, and then I don't post consistently. I don't, you know, social media is not my favorite place to be. I actually prefer my newsletter. So. Um, if you go to ericawilliams.com, sign up for my newsletter. We are launching, relaunching um, some great content this summer. Um, you are going to hear interviews and articles and quotes and a whole bunch of fun stuff. And that's also where I'll be building this community of really, really powerful mission-driven people. So ericawilliams.com, sign up for the newsletter. Um, and then, of course, slide my DMs. <laughs>
0: That's Erica with the C, because I know some do the K. Some I've seen some do the C and the K. Some people, Mama got fancy and very inclusive. So yours is. Pray for
2: them, but C is correct. Um, just just to be clear about it. No, I'm clear. But yeah,
0: it's E R I A. All right, perfect. So, with that being said, we're going to transition into the next segment of the show, which is a word with Madden. So, um, yesterday during my quiet time, I asked God to kind of lead me to some uh, scripture around truth, truth telling, and and sharing our stories. Um, and so, this is where I was led to Proverbs 12, and specifically, I'm going to share with you guys verses 17. And 19, and this is out of the International Standard Version. And verse 17 says, the truth teller speaks what is right, but the false witness speaks what is deceitful. And then in 19, it goes on to say, a truthful saying is trusted forever, but the liar only for a moment. So here's my thought. Be a truth teller. Leave a legacy that will last forever. I'll start by telling the truth here and now, right now. It can feel good to lie. It's is is easy to do, right? A lie can get us out of an awkward encounter. Somebody says, What do you think of my new haircut? That's easy to lie. Um, it can make us look good. You know, sure I graduated at the top of my class oh, 20 years ago. How you know, how they gonna know? Um, a lie can make others feel good. And a lot of times we wanna do this if we have that people pleasing. Um, you know, oh, yeah, girl, they just some haters on your job. You was doing the right thing in that situation knowing your friend was dead wrong. So even though lies can, can, can feel good and can be easy, they are never good. In fact, we are plainly commanded not to lie. So there's lots of questions and interpretation about what does the Bible mean about this, that, and the third, but lying is legit one of the 10 commandments, not to lie. It is number nine to be exact. And so um, while it's a, genu- a generally uh, accepted sort of moral faux pas, religious believer or not, most of us are kind of like, yeah, lying is not good. Everybody still does it. Um, because it's the easier choice, right? So we have to be intentional. We have to practice telling the truth, even when it's a challenging thing to do. We should challenge ourselves to make the harder choice, to take the rougher path, to take the narrower road. Why? Because as it said in verse 19, that's where legacy lives. Truth will outlast everything else. The Bible says a trusted saying lasts forever. Truth lasts forever. Truth is where our power resides. And truth is where change is birthed. Um, And much like birth, it can be scary, it can be painful, it can be difficult, but it is always worth it. And like Erica's book says, you deserve the truth. So here's your practice for this week. Be intentional about speaking the truth this week. And as we always do, we're going to start with self. Speak truth before you can do it to anyone else to yourself. Think of something that you have procrastinated on, something that makes you anxious or nervous, and then get to the truth about why. We call it our ultimate why. You've heard me say this before, but go beyond the superficial reason and ask yourself why three to five times until you uncover the fear, because that's typically what's at the root of lies, that has held you back. Once you've done that, replace that fear with truth. So here's an example. I have not started working out even though I know I need to. Why? Number one, I don't have the time. But why? Number two, I prioritize other things. Why number three? Because honestly, i rather focus on the things that I could win at. Now, if you need to go deeper, go deeper. Why number four? Well, because I tie my self-worth to what I accomplish. And why number five? Because that accomplishment often leads to validation and I fear not being affirmed by others. That's that's the truth, right? I'm busy and this is why I don't work out, but really I'm not doing this thing because I don't know if I'll be successful. And if I can't be successful, I'd rather not try. Now speak truth, right? Now let's replace that fear, that fear-based thought with truth. First and foremost, I am enough as I am. Point blank on period, Right. And by avoiding doing things that best serve me, whether I am successful at them or not, I am doing myself a disservice by not meeting myself with authentic love. So knowing that it's not really about the validation or the external affirmation, it's about the practice of self-love. I know that this thing is good for me, but i rather not do the thing that's good for me because of the thing that feels good to me. So Let's start with that this week. Be intentional about speaking truth over fear and over lies. And with that, Tanil, we will go to our favorite part of the episode, which is the question of, of the, the episode.
1: episode. All right. <laughs> well, I am just so elated that Erica was able to join us. I know we're not at the end, but again, I haven't been really been able to talk this whole time and you've just been dropping <laughs> all these nuggets and gems. That I have to get it out before I am silenced. Did y'all watch the um Harry and Megan interview with Oprah? Um, yes, I did. Okay. Where Oprah was like, Were you silenced or were you silenced? I have been oh, silenced, silenced. This yes. whole <laughs> right. I have been silenced this whole episode, but I will not be silent any longer. Anyway, so the question for this week is: can you think of one situation where you have been less than honest with yourself? or someone else? And will you commit speaking truth into that situation? You don't have to share what the situation is. We're not going to get all in your business, but we want to know if you have something that you can think of that you need to, um, where you've been a little less than honest and you need to really speak truth to that situation.
2: Y'all are stepping over all of my toes.
1: Uh, (laughs) So no, I will not be
2: sharing, but yes, I can think think (laughs) of something and I make that commitment today.
0: perfect and i will respond similarly i give y'all a little a clue like a little nugget it's something um at work i think there's a situation at work where i can be more um direct and straightforward Um, And I haven't been. And so that's, you know, a half truth is the same thing as not telling the truth. So, yes, I will commit. And y'all know it's not a lot of times that I'm not straightforward, but I will commit to being straightforward in that particular situation. And Tenille, we'll we'll end with you.
1: Yeah. So I think I've already done this. Um, There was something that I talked about on the last episode that I wanted uh, Maddie and Summer to hold me accountable to doing last week. And I finally did it, uh, I think, Thursday. And I was lying to myself for a while around why I wasn't asking this person whatever question I needed to um, to ask them. And so I finally did it. And um, the truth was, I was petrified and I was scared um, more so than anything else. So um, I, I think I've spoken truth to power um, before this episode even started within great anticipation of what we were going to be talking about today. So. Um, I am excited about that. And I think there's, let me just say this one thing. There is so much um, freedom in speaking your truth, right? Um, After I finally got that Mm -hmm. truth out, I felt like a load was lifted off of me. I felt a little nauseous after it, but I think that was just my like physiological response (sighs) to, I was holding that thing in for so long that God was just like, girl, you finally did it. You finally mustered up enough courage and confidence to spit it on out. So that's what it is. And and I'm excited about that. So there's so much power, again, in speaking your truth. So thank you again, Erica, for joining us today. Um, It has been a true pleasure. And I'm going to slide in your DMs because since I couldn't do my ad-libs, I'm going to be ad-libbing you on Instagram, okay? (laughs) Okay.
0: Neil, thank you so much for your vulnerability and for sharing that with us. I know that was hard for you to do, uh, but we appreciate you for speaking truth um, in all facets of, of your life. Um, personal, professional, and otherwise. And Erica, like Tenille said, thank you so much for being here. Um, thank you for sharing with us. Thank you for speaking truth. Thank you for being the light and the luminary that you are. We're really grateful to to even know you. So thank you. I'm
2: so grateful for y'all creating this space. I love this show so much. I love y'all. Thank you
0: all right folks we will be connecting with you all week long um and uh don't forget to hit us up to get your copy of the book you deserve the truth until next time bye love you guys thanks for listening to love madden the podcast
1: wait are you subscribed yet if not what are you waiting for Show us some love and subscribe, share, rate, and review.
0: Yes, and then let's keep talking at lovemadden.com and at lovemadden on social. That's L-O-V-E-M-A-A-D-E-N.
1: And connect with me at Tennille Daniels. That's T-E-N-N-I-L-L-E Daniels.